So yesterday, it was four o'clock in the morning. God kind of woke me up. Uh, I had stuff on my mind. I couldn't possibly figure out why. And so the Lord kind of got me going, and I was here all day, and I, the plan was to be with my folks by noon. So uh, I could enjoy, the, they, they were in the first service, and I could just visit with them a little while tomorrow, or yesterday. Well, noon comes, and challenges comes, and you know, how many understand when you have to oversee everything, you have to kind of be there when stuff happens? How many understand stuff happens? <laughs> so yesterday, stuff happened, and uh, so I had to, you know, with our incredible team, we had teams of well-skilled, good-hearted people who really made a difference. The, uh, the, the lights that you see up, the TV screens, uh, and all of that would not have happened, I'm just telling you, but for yesterday. And it was about 2.30, and I'm across town looking for cables I don't understand. Uh, male, female goes here, this, go get the VGA. What? You're talking Greek to me. I'm just the buyer here. So, so I'm out. So I know that I'm on the clock because 2.30 is ticking. And at 2.30, the lighting guy's leaving because he's got another gig. And I'm thinking, oh, it's 2.30, and those things aren't fixed. So I prayed, Lord... Cancel that gig. And he did. <laughs> okay, now, truth and advertising on that. Sorry about that, Jim. Tr truth and I actually didn't pray to the Lord to cancel the gig, but I wanted him to. So, uh, and I told the guy who installed the lights, I said, you realize you got your gig canceled because you're dealing with, you know, him. And so, uh, and I told him this too, I said, by the way, double for your trouble, you'll get twice the amount of gigs down the road for, for hanging in here. And, and so, with uh, a host of efforts and team members, we were here till 10 o'clock tonight, last night, and everything, you know, is here the way it is now. We're not totally outfitted, but man, let me just tell you, my gratitude list, I feel like I'm walking on water right now. My gratitude list is off the charts for all the people, it's been overwhelming, because this is an impossible moment for, for Hope and I. You, you have no idea. Uh, and that's really the message today. What is the impossible in your life? And I know you, many of you have heard this message preached a thousand different ways from a thousand different pastors. And here's the thing I want you to park at the door. And the Lord told me in my spirit to tell you this today. And you need to park this. For one day... Right here, for the here and the now, today, I want you to suspend all of your hurts, your doubts, your fears, your limitations on what God can do, and let's believe for what God can do. Just give me 30 minutes of not limiting God, and let's see what he can do. And then at the end of this message, I'm going to ask you to write what the impossible thing that God wants to do in your life. I'm going to ask you to write it. Habakkuk says, write the vision, make it plain. Because here's what I know, I'm confident of. God will speak something in here to you right now during this, during this sermon. He will speak it to you, and he will help you come it, have it come to pass. Now, that's a bold statement, Kibby. But I'm going to tell you that if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he did for Joshua, what he did for a number of other... Can I just brag on the Lord for a second? Can I read you my God's resume? Here's what my God did. He gave me an iPad too. <laughs> my God. I wish I had a drum roll. 
my God created the world, spoke out of a burning bush, parted the Red Sea, I'm getting rhythm, forced water out of a rock, made a donkey speak Hebrew, parted the Jordan River, demolished the walls of Jericho, sent fire from heaven, prospered Isaac in the midst of famine, hallelujah. You like me bragging on the Lord here? Delivers Daniel from the lion's den, stands toe-to-toe with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the midst of a fiery furnace, turns water into wine, fed 5,000 and 4,000 people on a few fishes of loaves and bread, cast out demons, gave sight to the blind, set us free, died on a cross, rose again, and gave you unlimited power through the Holy Spirit. That is my God. I'm licking my lips thinking I need to do my note change, but now that I have iPad, I can go to my scripture. I want to talk to you about Joshua. Joshua faced circumstances like all of us faced, and we we talked about him a couple weeks ago, but Joshua, uh, at this point where we're going to pick up the narrative, is in Joshua chapter 9. He has crossed the promised land. The children of Israel have been given a promise. God says it's yours. Now take it by force, but I'll go with you, and I'll be there, and I will deliver you. Well, so they're they're across the Jordan. They've had Jericho. The walls have fallen. A lot of cool things have happened. But in Joshua 9, he makes a treaty. Joshua makes a compromise with a Gibeonite king. And the problem with that is he didn't ask God about it. How many of you have ever made treaties with things and you didn't ask God about? What happens? <laughs> it's not always good. In this case, five kings were coming against Joshua and the children of Israel. This was a massive army. And this is where we pick up our narrative, our scripture promises here. Joshua 10, verse 8. Here's what the Lord said to him. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I've given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Now, if God spoke that to you, right now, with an audible voice, would you believe it? Guess what? He just did. I'm not God. Let me be, clear, let me be very clear about that. You get what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is God. And God's telling you, don't be afraid. I've delivered you. He uses people to speak that. Are you receiving that? You look kind of quiet. This is important. God is telling you, don't fear. Here's what he's saying. Wait a minute. Why not trust me? Here's here's the things I want to put in your wheelhouse. If the ites and the kings and the things that are coming against you, let me read some of them. Creditors hounding you. Reports are terminal. The relationship is fractured. The family is in chaos. Jobs are few and far between. And addiction is out of control. What then? What do we do? What do we do? I wanted to start you out with reminding you of what God can do, what we can't do, but what the Holy Spirit can do. And I'm going to say it over and over and over until you believe it. And then when you get sick of me saying it, I'm going to say it again. It's a promise. God gave Joshua and the children of Israel a promise. Now, there's another component to this message that I would say gives balance to it, but before I put a qualifier on it, I want to make sure that you understand that with God, all things are possible. And I'm telling you, as sure as shooting, I'm coming up here saying this stuff, and I'm fearing, I feel fear coming against me, even having the audacity to get your hopes up. But when I get to heaven, here's what I know. Jesus will not look at me and say, Kibby, you spent way 
too much time getting my people's hopes up. You've been bragging way too much about my healing power and my desire to forgive them, heal them, restore them, and set them free. How dare you, Kibby, get their hopes up like that? Now, God's not going to do that. As for me and my house, we'll serve Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. And if there's one thing I know God has asked me to do for you is to push you and to push it and to push it some more. And when you think you can't, great. You're right where you need to be with him. Can I get an amen amen from the congregation? So Joshua, we've set the scene, verse 9 here. Joshua travels all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. What that tells us is we have a part to play in the story. How many of you know that? Okay. Verse 10, the Lord throws them into a panic and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Now the battle's not over yet, but already the Lord is moving on his behalf. See, Joshua had to go all night. Do you think it was convenient for him to travel all night with that kind of army against those kind of circumstances? See, what God's telling us is that there's many opportunities in our lives to do great things and walk on water, but sometimes it's inconvenient. I've found that some of the most ridiculous things that God has ever asked me to do have been at the most inopportune times when I'm feeling fear the most. Anybody resonate with that? I'll get to that a little bit on that. I'll expound on that in just a second, but I want to keep reading Scripture. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Haran, killing them all along the way to Azekah and Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Haran, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Is that not the coolest? (laughs) How many would like to see something like that? I mean... I mean, it gets better. This thing gets better. And what I keep seeing is, is that we try to make things happen in our lives, in our power. And I know many of you have heard that. Yes, God can. And, but I want you to realize he can, but he just needs you to cooperate. Just a little. Just, he doesn't need much. He can use flawed ex-drunks like me. He can use you. Amen? So Joshua is empowered. If only, though, here's the problem. He's getting victory, God's showing up, there's miracle after miracle happening, and they're running out of time. They're running out of daylight. Now what? This is the key scripture for the message, and it's the one that I love the most because I honestly wonder if I had the guts to say it. Here's what he said, it's risky. The church consultants would go crazy if I ever uttered anything like this. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord, this verse 12, in front of all the people, kind of like wanting to change a city. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ijalon. First of all, my national, my rational thinking mind is if the sun and the, if the earth stopped, we'd all, it, it'd explode. It, it's, if it, where's the science? Come on. But he had a mission from the Lord, and in that mission, he needed a request, and he was bold enough to ask it in front of a lot of people, and he did it, and guess what God did? Verse 12, verse 13. So the sun did what? stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. When I read a scripture like that, man, when I read that and I just meditate on that, I'm thinking, wow. 
And then about five seconds later, the enemy comes in and says, yeah, but you're not Joshua. Anybody ever heard that before? Who told you that? Who told you you couldn't? Who? Because it wasn't God. We have an enemy like those ites. The enemy roars around and tries to devour Christians. But you know, I don't give Satan a lot of credit in here. I don't even like to talk about him too much because he's defeated 2,000 years ago on the cross. In this church, we lift up what Jesus is doing, not what the devil's trying to manipulate, including people. And so I'm very, very, very emphatic about lifting up Jesus' finished work. He paid a terrible price, but it dishonors him when we limit him. So I just want to take the shackles off, just like Joshua. And does not the verse say, in, in, does it not say in the Bible, it says Jesus Christ is the what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he did for Joshua, he can do for you. So here's the simple question. What do you have the audacity to ask God for? What do you have the guts to ask him for? You don't realize you, you can approach him boldly? There's a scripture that says you can approach the throne of grace boldly. You have not because you ask not. And then the, the enemy comes in and says, Yeah, well, I asked and I was let down and you're worthless and you're nothing but a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner and you should never do that again. And who do you think you are? I'll tell you who you are. If you're a Christ follower, you are a child of the living King. You are blessed, empowered, saved, bought for the terrible price on the cross, but empowered to reach people for him and be his glory manifested in this town. That is who you are. My story. I left Minneapolis 2008. Many of you know this. I'm going to give you a little twist to that. Hope and I, when we left in 2008, I uh, was in the broadcast news business. When we came here, she really was the catalyst to, to say yes. You have to, I haven't given you guys some of the circumstances that we left under it wasn't convenient. My wife was pregnant with our third child, Landon. I left great health. I had the world's best health, health savings account was off the charts for, uh, it was, the medical was off the charts for the TV station I worked for. So we came here at no health insurance. You know, the Cobra thing? How many know what Cobra is? How many know Cobra isn't cheap? <laughs> okay, that, then the, here's the other kicker. 2008, economy's tanking. House hasn't sold in Minneapolis, and God's calling us to move to Green Bay and live with my father-in-law for five and a half months. That's a miracle. The trials and tribulations. So, so we lived there for five and a half months. I didn't get paid on the job. for. We're looking for De Pere High School. We're looking for any place to rent. And not only on top of that, I have no clue of what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I want a pastor. Great, let's just be a pastor. Well, you know, it's not that easy, actually, <laughs> finding out. But you know what? With God, all things are possible. And so we moved here, and <laughs> Landon was born, and we're living in my father. And I'm thinking, if you don't think for five seconds that I didn't have doubts, I mean, the enemy was challenging me every day. You don't have what it takes. Nobody likes you. No one will listen to a word you say. And you know what? The enemy's right. They won't. But they'll listen to what Jesus says through me. And I clung to that, even when it was just, how many have days? You have days? A couple of them back there. Amen. So dreaming the impossible is something for us 
this is, this is, this is the impossible. And what, not only is it the impossible, but when I'm seeing people come into our church who have horrible circumstances and, and have made radical changes for God, I mean, it's why we do what we do. I mean, honest to goodness, I don't, I'm not up here just to blow smoke. You know what I'm saying? I'm up here to inspire you through the grace of Jesus to reach what you have been called to do. I want to get your hopes up, amen? You say, okay, well, Brian, I've been let down before. Here's what I want you to do. Satchel Page said it right. He said, live and love like you've never been hurt before. Love like you've never been... Now, here's the other one. Here's another kicker to that that I kind of wrote. It says, live like you've never been let down before. Let that marinate, Joe. <laughs> he's a friend of mine. He uses the word marinate. Not that he's never been let down. You probably have. But uh, he's a friend of mine, and he uses the word marinate. Let that marinate. The Jews of Jesus' generation asked the questions, why bother? Why bother? God, where are you? God, eh, the plans aren't working out. That preaches good on Sunday, but Monday I'm a wreck. I'm glad you asked that question. John verse 11, John chapter 11, verse 1. This is the story of Lazarus. I know many of you know this story, but some of you are going to get a deep revelation of this today, I'm convinced. Uh, verse 1, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Where this speaks to me in so many ways is when we are in that situation, in that condition. Lord, my 401k is sick. My relationships are sick. My 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 thought life is sick. My addictions are sick. Everything is sick, Lord. I, I need you. Where are you? Okay? This is where they're at. So Lazarus, as you know the narrative, dies. He dies. Anybody ever ask God, where are you? God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And so... Here they are in this situation. John 11, verse 32, we'll skip down. What was the larger purpose, Lord? Verse 32, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been there, my brother would not have died. What do you do when the dream is dead? What do you do when the relationships are dead? What do you do when the 401k is gone? What do you do when everything around you is rotting and dead? What do you do? It's interesting, the very next verse, verse 33, we say, when Jesus. How many understand that when it's like that, who should we go to? Jesus. And here's the response that Jesus gave. He said, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus did what? Do you know that he cares for you? Do you get that? Do you know that? Do you really know that? He does. He deeply cares 
about the dead spots in our life. But he is the one who is the resurrector. He is alive. And he will make the things that are dead come to life. But you have to go to Jesus. Amen? The wrong assumption, though, is that God doesn't care. I'll be honest. Before I became a Christian, I had a head full of religion and a body full of booze. I knew the knowledge of what Jesus did. I didn't have revelation of how good Jesus is. And when I got the Bible knowledge in me, it created a religious person. And I love reading my Bible. I do. To this day, I love it. But knowledge without power and love of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit will create empty tombs. I'm preaching good here. Religious spirits can crush your walk with God. What I mean by that is this, is when you feel like your God doesn't love you and that he doesn't care and he wouldn't weep over you, what is your tendency to do? Run, right? And some of you will hang in there and say, God, I love you, but you've never told him that you're ticked off at him. Can I do that? Can we do that? Can you say, God, why have you forsaken me? Can you say that? You know why I know you can say that? Because Jesus said it. God, where are you? Jesus, fully God, fully man. You need to, guys, you need to purge that stuff. If you've got a hidden riff with God, you need to cough that up because that place is dead and he wants to resurrect that. But you've got to bring him the question and you've got to be honest enough to say, God, where were you? I hope this is resonating with some of you guys here on this. Verse 36, the people who were standing by said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Jesus, you healed my friend across the street. Where are you? Jesus, you fixed that marriage, but mine's dead. Jesus was, he said, couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And then verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead four days. The smell will be terrible. Our problems stink. The dead areas stink. It's rotting. <laughs> The addiction stinks. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So though you believe that you sent me, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. See, we all want the spectacular. We want to see God move, but you've got to be willing to unwrap the stone. You want to see the dead people rise, but you've got to get in the game and roll the stone away and call it for what it is. It's dead. Now rise. How many want to rise? How many have a sun stand still prayer you need to pray? We're going to pray that prayer. And what we're going to do is, as I close... I want to give, I want to circle it all the way back, and I want to say again, the Jesus that I bragged on at the beginning, 
who did all those things for people, do you realize you are just as valuable as they are? Do you get that? Because when you get who you are, you have the audacity to ask for what he wants to give you. And who put that in you in the first place? Ask that question. Lord, who put that in you to start that business? Who put that in you to make amends? Who put that in you to make it happen for Jesus? Who put that in you to minister to people? Who put that in you to do something radical? God still does what he did last night, what he's doing right now, what he did 2,000 years ago. I just love to brag on Jesus. You know, the more I brag on him, the more cool things happen. A guy I prayed with earlier this week, I don't know if he's here. Dave, are you here? Is he in this uh, service? Dave Proust, he's back there. I'm having a quiet time, and I'm closing with this. I'm having a quiet time. I'm at Starbucks. It's been a long week. It's probably, I don't know, was it Monday or Tuesday, Dave? Monday, maybe? Uh, I'm just having my Bible reading time there at Starbucks, reading on my iPad, on my uh, Bible on my iPad. And he comes by, and he had mentioned that he had been diagnosed with cancer several weeks back or whatnot. And he said, Ryan, he came into me. First thing, he looked me in the eye and said, I believe I'm going to be healed today. They're going to go in, and nothing's going to be there. Dave? (laughs) Nothing was there, was it? gone. You've heard, you've heard, that's not me. That's not him. Who is it? Jesus. And he can do that. A month or two ago, my my sister-in-law, she was up here testifying that. Guys, I want your testimonies. You share your life stories. You change cities. That's simple because Jesus is in it. And I want you to, if, if, you, if, if the sun hasn't stood still and you've had the audacity to ask and it hasn't happened yet, I don't want you looking at this person, that person, Jesus does, loves, must love them better than me. You know that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Don't quit. Don't give up. Father, I come to you now. I gave him your word. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now to confirm that with signs and wonders following in their lives. It doesn't have to just be in here. It can be out there. I'm asking, I'm having the audacity to ask that you start a revolution in this region. I'm asking that you break addictions right now. I'm asking that you restore marriages. I'm asking that you heal the sick. With the spoken word, Lord, many times people were healed. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're doing it as we speak and that, Lord, that that situations and circumstances and businesses, all of a sudden, as they begin to have the audacity to ask you for the ridiculous, that you will show up as you birth that in their heart, it will surely come to pass. Thank you, Lord, that we give not honor to ourselves or to Life Church or ever, ever take your glory. Your glory is your own that we share, though, in the joy of changed lives. And I thank you, Lord, that we'll be getting floods of testimonies of changed lives in our community. Lord, help us to be light, help us to be humble, help us to be servants, help us to be like-minded, overlooking a multitude of offense, because it's going to be hard, because growing churches face it. Help me, Lord, as your pastor, as 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 a pastor, as your servant, to stay on the straight and narrow. And I ask that the people pray for my, hope, for my wife and I and our family. Lord, I ask that, that you move 
in our lives today, not just today, but in tomorrow in a powerful way. You've always want, we loose the shackles. We remove the doubts and we take the hurts and we let them go. And we're honest enough to say we're disappointed, God. And some of it stinks. But we thank you, Lord, that you're here. You're here. Hallelujah, you're here. With heads bowed, eyes closed. The first thing I want to do is ask you, do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? Because this Jesus is the real Jesus. The real Jesus is the healer, the redeemer, the deliverer, the restorer, the faithful one, the loving one, the compassionate one, the one who weeps, the one who cries, the one who who left everything behind in heaven for you, for you, for you, for you. And if you know that Jesus, the one I come to dearly love, if you know him, your life will transform. It's that simple. With heads bowed, eyes closed, you say, I want to know that Jesus. I'm not sure if I were to die today, I would be with him in heaven. I know I've heard about hell and it's not a great place, but it's not my motivation. I just want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. If you want to know, and you know you need to get right with him on that, not to say that you've never sinned before. We've all, we're all sinners saved by grace, but now we're saints. When we become a Christ follower, we are now his saints. You're a saint when you receive him. No matter what religious tradition has ever taught that, you are a saint redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But if you, if you say, Ryan, I don't know. Ryan, I don't feel like a saint. Well, you've probably done some bad things. We all have. You can be forgiven, and forgiveness is here. His name is Jesus, and if you want him, raise your hand. Anyone in this room, heads bowed, eyes closed, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. At the end of the service, I want you to go get a Bible at our guest services, our welcome center, on the house. I want to give it to you, and I want you to read it and read the book of John. That's what the Lord's telling me to tell you today. Read the book of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 10.10 adds to that and says he'll give you abundant life to the full, to the full. Take the limits off. In Jesus' name, let's pray this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace. Oh, how you love us. We receive it and forgiveness. And we purpose to do what you want because we know it's good. We know we'll have trials, but we'll have power to defeat everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sun stand still prayers. There's things written in, there's a cards in front of your seats. I, I want you to think about it right now. I want you to write down, if you have pen or paper, I want you to write down your sun stand still thing. What is it that you are asking God for the impossible? Write it down. Our ushers are going to be coming forward here. We're going to do two things. Uh, I'll be talking, uh, ushers, what we're going to do is they'll, they'll put them here. I'm going to give you a second to fill out these, these cards. Okay, whatever it is. Then uh, the ushers will bring the baskets forward and you plop it in there. Maybe you write two of them. Maybe you write what I'm believing God for and then you keep your part and tear it and put it in there. And here's what I want to do. You don't have to put your name. I want to pray over these. And with corporate agreement, believe with you. Can I do that? 
I want to I want to believe with God for some of these breakthroughs. We'll pray over them. Our staff will pray over them. In fact, we'll do it tomorrow. First thing in our staff get together. Okay, that's the first thing I want to do. Second thing I want to do too is, uh, as many of you know, if, if God's dealing with you about possibly joining our church, all I care about is you getting to know Jesus. Whether you join our church, that's not the point. But if God is calling you to be a part of what we're doing here, we are, and I have to, I have to ask that you be a partner with us if God's asking you to do that. And so I need to share with you what we're doing. The Rise and Build campaign was to build the facility. We've got more to do. But I don't want to just put everything in a building. We've got people to reach. And that takes, how many understand that does take money? So I believe God, the thing I told the Lord that I wasn't ever interested in was I would not be interested in begging for money ever. And I would never worry about his finances. I said, it's your vision and it's your bill. And you know what? God's faithful. Amen. He always pays it. Amen. You know, if God does that for ministry, you know, he'll do that for you. And so I thank you for partnering with us. And so as the ushers, if you want to go ahead and... Are we ready, Pastor Mary? They're passing. Okay, okay. And we're all figuring this out. Give me grace on how to figure out all, how, to, how to do everything. We're, we're getting all configured here. But I want to close with this prayer after uh, give you some time here. Did you guys receive that message, by the way? Did you receive it? Did you receive it? Guys, this is not hype. This is real. God is, he's here. <laughs> he's here. Father, I'm going to, let me just brag on you some more. I am grateful, just unbelievably grateful to see what you're doing. I lift up our, our leaders. They face incredible, incredible, incredible attacks. I thank you for the bottom of my heart, our servant leaders, the countless people who you saw their face have invested their time, their talents, their treasures. You see in heaven. I know that you're smiling on our people. And God, we want to do something. We want to be a Joshua generation that gets the job done, that just decides to show up and cross the Jordan and you perform the work. I love to brag on what you've done, Lord. You've created a good work in me and you're bringing it to completion, and I believe that you're doing the same in the lives here today. Lord, we, we give you these prayers. We give you these things that we're asking for, and we lay them at the foot of Jesus. Jesus, we lift you up. Oh, I love you. And in God's power, thank you, Lord. Amen.